Okay, Chair, we're live. All right, good. Good evening. Welcome to the September 8th, 2022 Alameda Recreation and Park Commission meeting. Can we have roll call, please, Director Woolridge? Uh, yes, uh, Commissioner Navarro. Here. Commissioner Wynn. Here. Vice Chair Robbins. Here. And Chair Alexander. Here. And Commissioner, um, um, sorry, I was trying to do three things at once. Um, Philly is, uh, absent, is, is absent today and excused absence. Thank you. First item on our agenda is the approval of the July 14th, 2022 Recreation and Park Commission meeting. Okay, I so have, move. Have a second. Sorry. A second. Second. Have approval. Uh, roll call vote. Uh, Commissioner Navarro. Yes. Commissioner Wen. Yes. Vice Chair Robbins. Yes. And Chair Alexander. Yes. So the minutes of the July 14th meeting are approved. Next item on our agenda is do we have any written or oral communication on topic that is not on our agenda tonight? Uh, we do not. Um, we right. don't have any written. I'm sorry. Let me take, if anyone would like to raise their virtual hand, we'll take. From I mean, the that audience. Is not on our agenda tonight. Not on our agenda. I have Speaker Altieri. Welcome, Speaker Altieri. Hello. Uh, hello, Commissioner. Thank you very much. My name is Josh Altieri. I'm the Community Relations Manager at the Housing Authority of the City of Alameda. And I wanted to pro provide an update on. Uh, some of the projects from the Housing Authority and uh, also wanted to highlight the partnership with the City of Alameda Recreation and Parks Department, uh, which will be restarting a mobile recreation unit that comes out to Housing Authority properties the second and fourth Wednesday of every month. Uh, it will start on September 28th. Super excited about that. And then with, through our partnership with the Alameda Food Bank, uh, we have uh, free water, snacks and fruit um, for the youth that attend those sessions as well. So. Uh, just a great event and the turnout is increasing and the kids are having a great time. So I wanted to thank the, um, the commission and the sport on the rec and parks department uh, being, uh, you know, providing equal access to recreation after school recreation. Uh, and then in terms of our housing projects, just want to highlight some quick ones. Probably the biggest one is the North housing project. Um, the first three phases of affordable rental homes on Mosley Avenue, um, which include for formerly homeless households. Uh, will be completed in 2024. And then we also acquired a property in the central part of the island at 2615 Eagle Avenue. We actually purchased it from the Alameda Unified School District. And uh, we're looking to eventually build 40 to 50 affordable uh, housing rental homes there. And then we'll be reaching out to the surrounding neighborhood with initial ideas this fall. 
Uh, we're also hopeful that there will be a preference provided for Alameda Unified School District staff. Um, and then one of our very nice properties, which is actually having a grand opening this upcoming Thursday, uh, the 15th, and you can sign up on our Housing Authority Facebook or LinkedIn page, uh, is Rosefield Village. So the grand opening is next Thursday. It's a beautiful property, um, partnership with a lot of organizations and a lot of support from the city of Alameda. Uh, used to increase site density, so used to have um, you know 52 units, and now we're up to uh, 91 units. So um, very excited about that opening. And then lastly, uh, we have completed a physical needs assessment and financing plan uh, on a property on Webster Street. It's actually an existing building, Hawthorne Suites, and we're looking to convert that into affordable housing, 50 studio apartments, uh, which will serve a great need for uh, small affordable homes in a, a great location on the island. And the outreach to surrounding neighborhood will expect it to start soon. And then if you wanted to keep uh, in touch with any of these developments, please sign up for our newsletter under the news and announcements menu on our website, alamedahsg.org. And thank you very much for your time this evening. Thank you, Speaker Altieri. Do we have another speaker on a topic not on our agenda tonight? Anyone would like to speak, please raise your virtual hand on a non-agenda item. Uh, no more speakers, Chair. Great, thank you. Okay, we'll move on to the report from Director Woolridge. Thank you. Um, so since I haven't seen you since July, I have quite a bit to report. Um, under Recreation Services, um, just wanna mention that we've really had a lot of program expansion. Uh, we wrapped up a very successful summer season. Our um, program registrations were higher than before the pandemic. Um, and we have more offerings than ever before. Um, our new camps this summer included STEM camps, diving, aquatic, and sports interns for teens and drama, uh, just to name a few. Our after-school program is nearly full at all of our sites across the island, but one. Uh, and uh, as Josh mentioned, we're working to expand our mobile after-school recreation program. We're, we're thrilled to be working with Alameda Housing Authority um, to provide free activities to children at their sites. Um, our field allocation was completed for fall sports and uh, the gym allocations are about to be completed soon. Um, we did with the heat, uh, our field allocation, uh, no, I'm sorry, our athletic field, athletic facility allocation policy um, allows the city to close uh, gym and fields uh, under inclement, inclement weather. And we have updated our policy um, procedures to add heat to that. Um, so we already closed them for rain um, when each field is assessed individually um, and opened if it's draining and not saturated. We assess for enclosed for poor air quality if it's 150 or higher in the red zone. We also now close for heat if it's over 90 degrees on any given day or if our area, Alameda area is under the excessive heat warning, um, then we close our athletic facilities for the safety of our kids. Uh, the Underground Teen Center has reopened this school year. Uh, middle school students can be driven to um, we have a van that will pick them up if they buy a pass and we pick them up from school and bring them to the underground. Um, we're really excited. It's the first time it's um, truly open in the same way in the drop-in way as it was pre-pandemic. Um, the Alameda Youth Committee is uh, now planning and preparing for the Teen Haunted House uh, located at the South Shore. Uh, and as I mentioned, our after-school programs are full with the exception of Bayport that still has just a few openings. Uh, and our Tiny Tots program is going well, but does also still have a few spots remaining at all sites. So our registration is still open for that. And that is three to five-year-olds. 
Um, I will say we are continuing, like many other agencies, to be challenged with st staffing. So we are continuing to hire for our after-school program. Um, and we're especially looking for folks interested in doing nights and weekends uh, as facility attendants and park ambassadors. Uh, facility attendant in particular is a great job for, for college students um, who are looking for uh, off-hours um, work. Uh, Mastic Senior Center, we started a new fitness class that's already quite popular called Fitness with Kendra. Um, it's, it, the focus is a full body workout with stretching, low impact cardio, strength and balance training, light weights, um, and really for all fitness levels. Uh, our organic garden continues to produce a lot. Um, and our paratransit coordinator, Kat Caldas, who you met a couple months ago, has created and implemented a new transit app training program. Uh, and it teaches seniors how to plan their trips on pu public transit. And she's already trained 22 riders. Uh, and we have 80 participants who've signed up for our Alameda Independent Mobility Program and 190 participants in Alameda's free bus program. So she's working hard and really getting a lot of uh, seniors and folks connected to paratransit, which is fantastic. Um, the Alameda Band and Alameda Chorus are resuming their activities next week, uh, which is great. That's the first time uh, since the uh, pandemic started. Uh, and our pickleball classes are... Um, Busting at the seams, uh, our class, summer classes ran at capacity and we have an annual pickleball tournament coming up October 21st and uh, that's filling quickly. And the Leisure Club, uh, which is a twice a month social group for adults with developmental disabilities. They're going to the A's game tonight and with 18 participants and they're gonna have a fantastic time. Uh, under park maintenance, the Washington Park Tennis Courts um, the lighting is being upgraded to LED on all courts um, September 26th to 29th, and all of the courts are currently being resurfaced uh, as we speak. So that's a large project and people are very excited about that. Um, we're not doing reservations during that time, um, but some but courts will be opened as available. The Ensenal boat launch uh, is finally being replaced. Uh, you may recall it uh, was severely damaged in a storm last October. Um, it took a really long time with supplies, uh, chain delays and such to, to get them fixed and back, but um, they're now here and being installed um, and will open to the public no later than the end of September. So we really appreciate the community's patience with that. Um, also long awaited is the playground park uh, replacement that, um, was also damaged in a storm in December uh, by the large oak tree and went through, we had that significant large public input process. The parts are now in site and starting next week, they, the, you'll see the playground going up and being installed. Um, our own park staff are installing the um, climbable lion that's going in the front semicircle area and they've already started working on that. Uh, you're also going to see that um, Due to the drought and state mandated restrictions, and because it's the right thing, uh, ARPD has let all of our is letting all of our decorative lawn areas in the parks go brown. So you will see areas go brown. Um, those are not active areas, so not athletic fields, and also not grass areas that are actively used by people to picnic and you know have large picnic areas and bounce houses and and um, throw the ball around. So we are leaving area is green, but anything that's decorative, we are letting it go brown. In addition, we um, have already converted our lawn in front of our office 
to drought tolerant landscape. And we are in the process to converting the lawn in front of Mastic Senior Center also to drought tolerant landscape. Um, and I would just a huge shout out to our park maintenance staff. They took the initiative and there was some uh, low, no mow grass on the hillside at Sweeney. Um, there's the, the, the slide and, and the tall tower at the top. And it really wasn't doing well because kids were running up and down. It just couldn't grow well. And in addition to the drought, um, they took the opportunity to convert the whole hillside to drought tolerant. And it just looks fantastic. So I encourage you to check it out. Uh, we had two new public art pieces go up in parks this last uh, couple weeks. One is called Beckon by artist DeWitt Godfrey. And that was installed at Alameda Point Waterfront Park. Um, it's you can see it from quite far away. It's huge and amazing. It's a 32 foot steel sculpture. Um, definitely check that out. And then Rock Spinners by artist Zach Coffin were installed in Sweeney Park, one near the playground and one further down the Cross Alameda Trail. Um, they're, each of them are multi-ton interactive, large, huge rock sculptures that um, are on a, a spinner and so they can be spun. A couple kids can go and push it and it, and it, and it spins and it's a really cool interactive. It's been fun to watch people uh, play with it. Um, also, we are currently working on safety improvements at Alameda Point Gym. We've got, we've already implemented some small building changes. Um, we're working with the groups to implement procedural changes, especially with large tournaments. Uh, and we're working on a larger project to replace and expand the padding that's at the end lines, all the baselines. So that may require addition, seeking additional funding from city council, but it's important to do. Uh, we also promoted um, some a couple parks internal staff to positions that was through a competitive process and we have two more vacant positions. Um, at the Oak Club, we had a major sewer leak and public works staff uh, worked diligently with our park staff to repair and replace all the flooring and affected areas in the hallway and restrooms. Um, also, there was over the summer a significant arson fire at the Harrington Field restroom at Bay Farm. Uh, public works is working on repairing that. And in the meantime, there's one, the, the remaining restroom is, is in use and is posted as a gender neutral restroom. Uh, last few things, uh, Emma Hood, just so you know, Emma Hood Pool at Alameda High has been closed due to maintenance issues during, um, for, for a period of time and will continue for, for at least the next few weeks, possibly through September. Um, and Encinal Pool is currently down for a year. So um, there are some, some pool closures that uh, have been unfortunate. Uh, the school district is working diligently on fixing them. As you know, they are responsible for maintaining um, but it has affected lap swim and swim lessons and all that. Um, also want to announce, I'm proud to say that we are, among, ARPD is among many distinguished winners of the 2022 Best of Alameda Lifestyle and Leisure Services. Uh, we are Reader's Choice, those are Reader's Choice Awards from Alameda Magazine, and we were in the top five best continuing education op options for Mastic Senior Center. We and the Oak Club was in the top five best event spaces. And we also had three recognitions of the, of the top five for best swimming lessons. And we were the top winner for that category. So I'm really proud of our staff and, and they work really hard. And, and this is when it shows. Um, lastly, community events. We have Starlight Movies in the Park coming up Friday, September 16th at Lydecker Park at um, Bay Farm Island. And we have PAL in the Parks. 
which is our collaboration with Rhythmics coming up on Saturday 17th from 12 to 1 p.m. at Chichenio Park. Um, we had the first one of those. This is free music in the park. Um, and we had the first one in Sweeney Park um, two or three weeks ago that I went to, and it was just fantastic. It was Zimbabwe music, and there were kids dancing and people dancing, and it was um, probably several hundred people, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, we also have Alameda Pride in the Park coming up on Saturday, October 8th from 1 to 5 at Chichenio Park. Uh, ARPD is a co-sponsor of that and family-friendly events with food, live entertainment, live music and entertainment, children's area, vendors, and beer and wine. So you're all welcome to that. And that concludes my report. Thank Happy you, Director. Any questions. Thank you, Director Woolridge. And congratulations to the staff for all those awards. Well-deserved, very well-deserved. Absolutely. Anyone have any questions they'd like to ask her? I just have one quick comment about that mobile after school program. Um, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get there with Juan last year, so I hope I can uh, get to one of those. Is that still gonna be every other week? Yeah, it's twice a month on Wednesdays and uh, I'll send you, I'm happy to send you the details. That would be great. And also, um, I know I've asked about this before, but I would love to see as part of that van a uh, box of books for kids to take that if they want to take, bring them back in two weeks, that's fine. If they need to keep them in their library, that's fine. And as I said, I'd be happy to uh, donate the first uh, box of books to that and see how that goes. So Great. I'll work with Juan on that and we'll work with the library too and, and the library foundation on that. So um, I can cannot tell you how important it is to have books in kids' hands. In fact, I just ordered the new Steph Curry book the other day. I have to donate it somewhere. So maybe that'll go in the box. Thank you. Any more questions for Director Woolridge? Okay, we'll move on to the next item, reports from commissioners. Um, Commissioner Wynn, would you like to go first tonight? Uh, yes, um, I've been spending a lot of time um, with my dog at the parks. I visited Shoreline Park, Sweeney Park, in uh, Little John Park, just to kind of get a sense of what's going on, as well as uh, Lidecker Park, because I knew that was one of the parks that was under um, possibly a, you know, a dog park contention, I would say. Um, I just, and also I got a chance to spend, I think it was in Kanto back a few weeks ago in August, the Starlight Movie Nights, was able to attend like the beginning half before the movie started. And I saw a lot of kids in parachutes and playing with, so I think it was just a really great event. Um, I'm so excited to see that there's stuff for kids and families to do before the movie. And then of course the, the main attraction is the movie itself. Um, so I'm excited to attend the, the next one in a few weeks. So yeah, that's me. That's it for me. Great, those movie nights are fun. I've been to a couple of them, kids love them. Commissioner Navarro. about that um so since july 14th uh that was the end of the second half of summer for my children and i uh, my kids were really happy to attend the arpd all sports camp um, we hadn't originally planned on attending it and then i signed them both up because it was a camp that they could both do and i have to say uh they had a fantastic time they're not particularly sporty or i should say they weren't particularly sporty now my daughter has a new love of volleyball and my son is really good at dodgeball. Um, they're first and fourth graders. And the camp had, I think, first graders all the way up through at least middle school. And they were all playing together in and outside of the Alameda gym. 
which was fantastic. And I, I was able to go early sometimes and see the counselors wrangling all these children. And it was really impressive. Um, they had a really good time and other people did as well. And I have to give a special shout out to the young, I young gentlemen who are working the first step for the front desk. They're always very positive and they you know, said hi to all the kids and they made a really welcoming atmosphere um, for families who I think were a little like, what's this camp about? It was a very positive experience. Uh, while I was at the gym, it was the first time I was actually able to use the new bathrooms, which are really nice. So I think if those bathrooms could be, I, I think that's maybe the model at Godfrey Park as well, but the gender neutral bathrooms of privacy were really fantastic for helping, you know, myself and my young, my young son. Um, apart from that, I was able to go see the new spinning rock art, which is really cool. And Jean Suni is looking really nice. Um, if you are able to, I encourage anyone who's on the commission and people who are watching, you are now able to bike most of the island and park hop. And it's really nice to be able to take your kids, go out to the point and back, uh, stop and get water. And the facilities are really nice. So I, I appreciate that. Um, and last but not least, I'm really excited to hear what we have to talk about tonight. And I'm really glad that a lot of people are participating because I think tonight's gonna be a, a good discussion. Okay, thank you, Commissioner Navarro. I'm glad your kids had a good time at sports camp. Um, Vice Chair Robbins. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, I too have been to, it sounds like almost the same type of parks, the Lidecker, Little John, Sweeney um, in, uh, number one for the spinning rock, and also um, the two tall pillars, uh, tiled pillars that are on the end opposite of the park itself. I thought those were really unique looking uh, pillars. Um, <clears throat> and I, I do have questions about that entrance to that street. It looks like it hasn't been completely paved out and I wasn't sure if it's going to or not. Um, uh, Washington Park, the Ensignal Boat uh, launch ramp I went to, again, also visited the area that um, there has been some discussion about uh, creating a campsite, went there again uh, to just take a look at that area. Um, also really excited about the Cannery Road development, which I know isn't Reckon Park, but um, as, uh, Commissioner Navarro was saying about being able to hop from park to park, love the new bike lanes that are between the cannery and the water, uh, really a gorgeous area uh, and just makes uh, the biking that much more beautiful, I think for the entire um, area. So um, yeah, though that is, um, all I have, um, because I've completely dropped one of the things that I wanted to talk about, um, but I'll, when I get it back, I'll put that under my comments uh, in a little bit. <laughs> Thank you, Vice Chair Robbins. Um, I've been on vacation a lot this summer, so we haven't been around a lot, but I pass Lidecker Park, Tillman Park, Franklin Park, Creasy Park, and Washington Park almost every other day on my outs and about around town. The parks are full, it doesn't matter which park it is, they are full. The basketball courts are full, there's birthday parties, the, there are soccer games, 
Um, the girls are playing softball again. It's really nice to see all our parks being used and they're so well maintained that it's um, great for everybody to use. Um, I did want to uh, thank the people that followed us last month when we did our tour of the parks. There was um, a lady who followed us in her car to see where we were going to all the new parks. And then we met a gentleman down at Linear Park. So I wanted to thank the members of the public that came along for that um, ride. I think all of us learned a lot about what's coming for ARPD and the parks that are in the future. Um, oh, and I have to mention about Woodstock Park. I went down to look at the new building that was painted at Woodstock. It's absolutely fabulous. Whoever picked that paint color deserves a gold star. It's a beautiful blue gray. That's, you see that building all one color and not four different shades of brown or gray. It's just beautiful. So I know Matt Nolan and his staff worked really hard on that. So I'd really like to commend them for that. And I love that new color. Maybe we could use that at other parks, Miss Woldridge, as we're going on. Um, and I know you've heard me say that I worked at Cruzy Park as a park director, but it dawned on me this year, I went to my 50th high school class reunion. So I've been working for ARPD for 50 years. I started in September after I graduated from high school. So I just kind of had to mention that that seemed like a kind of a milestone. And who would have thought that shy girl that walked into Cruzy Park would end up being the chair of the rec commission. So I just wanted to mention that. So thank you. And we'll get on to our agenda for tonight. Okay, item 6A. Um, Chair, Chair, I'm sorry. I think Commissioner Robbins wants I'm to sorry. say one more thing. Yeah, sorry. Um, the underground um, facility, I've been every day for the last two weeks as part of our daily announcements at Wood Middle School. Um, they have been announcing uh, the underground facility and that uh, any students that needed any questions answered to come talk with me. And I've had 10 students come talk with me and have said that we're going to um, buy the bus pass. So I'm, I'm hoping you've had some kind of an increase in um, participants in there. And I wish that we could get somebody at every school to be able to include this as part of the announcements because um, the three of the parents of the students were so thankful uh, because I sent out emails to the parents as well, and they were so thankful because they had never known about that facility before. So I, I think if there's some way we can get the message out through whatever uh, email system each school uses, I know that we would get uh, a significant increase in use because it is a great facility. Thank you, Vice Chair Robbins. All right, on to our first item on the agenda. Review and recommend to city council approval of a city aquatic center. We'll have a presentation by Director Warwich and ask clarifying questions, then we'll have public comment and then our discussion. Thank you, Chair. So I'm going to go ahead and share screen to do a presentation for you. Great, so we're here tonight about the city aquatic center. Um, to give you a little bit of background, um, in, for this fiscal year, City Council allocated up to seven and a half million, um, which is funding 50% oops, sorry, 50% um, 
equal cost sharing with Alameda Unified School District to renovate the Emma Hood Swim Center at Alameda High School. That is a different project, just to clarify with what we're talking about here tonight, the City Aquatic Center. Um, that project will replace the existing facility, which is over 60 years old, um, but won't add any new pool space to the city. Um, also back in January, February, 2020, the city held community workshops and developed a conceptual design for City Aquatic Center. At the time it was envisioned that City Aquatic Center would be at Emma Hood, but that didn't materialize due to lack of funding because the city had been um, thinking about going out for a potential bond funding, but due to the pandemic that did not occur. Um, and this body in August, 2020 recommended that conceptual design to city council um, and recommended that it have an indoor pool. So fast forward to recently, February, 2020, I brought this back to city council and the council discussed pools, um, discussed both the upcoming bond measure that the AUSD used to, to fund their 50% um, that was passed by the voters and discussed whether to um, pay the other 50% and also talked about the city aquatic center and gave direction to me to pursue ways to fund both. So the aquatic needs in Alameda are huge. Uh, it's, it's easy to think of when we have hot days like today, but year round, it's really in need. Um, so as I mentioned, despite this upcoming renovation at Emma Hood Swim Center, we do still have a deficiency of pool space. Um, in 2020, um, thanks to our Rec Supervisor One, Stacey Thomas, uh, we ARPD expanded to year round programming that we haven't had at least since I've been here. So at least the last uh, 10 years. And so that year round programming, uh, that's lap swim, aqua fitness classes, swim lessons, and including we worked with the school district, we added uh, daytime weekdays. So during the school day at Emma Hood Swim Center and with a new upcoming joint use agreement pending approval from city council, um, soon we'll hopefully be adding that school day time at Ensenal Swim Center as well. So for some numbers, as you see before you, um, before we expanded our program, we were registering approximately 700 people annually. We now register over 9,000 people annually. So clearly the need is there. And even with that massive increase, um, we often have wait lists, especially for swim lessons. Uh, overall, also the community aquatic team interest. So there's, there's youth water polo and swimming. There's adult water polo and swimming. There's just not enough space to serve both our programs and the high school programs and all of the community programs. Um, a, a quick anecdote that I uh, heard from a public speaker that has really resonated with me um, is that, you know, if, if your child wants to play soccer or baseball or softball or football or lacrosse or any of these other sports, basketball, they can, they can join a recreational team and get on that team and play because they want to. If they want to swim or do water polo, um, there's not enough pool space. And so about 50% of the kids who want to do swimming and water polo get turned away. Um, and so that really, to me, is the biggest testament of why we need additional pool space. So um, we have two potential locations that, um, that have been identified, and I'm going to go through the opportunities and challenges of each. Um, and I definitely am seeking your um, recommendation to city council on the location um, and on whether or not you, you would recommend a city aquatic center. Um, so the first option is at Alameda Point, just west of the Oak Club off Main Street. There's currently um, just open grassy area. There's also really old 
um, unusable tennis court. So that area um, off Main Street. Uh, the opportunities are that it's near the future regional sports complex. So it's complementary with that use. Um, it's not with, it's, it's across the street and down a little bit from the regional sports complex that's nearby. Um, it would provide economic development for some nearby um, areas such as Alameda Landing, Webster Street, some of the um, growing Alameda businesses. Um, and I gave you the mileage here because I, it's an opportunity and um, it, it's within biking distance. And they're not really much within walking distance, maybe the Alapino, Alameda Point businesses along Spirits Alley, um, but they're more driving and biking distance. And, and the reason I say it's economic development to, to expand for just a minute is because when you oftentimes, when someone um, takes their kid to a swim lesson and they'll go to dinner afterwards, or if they're there at a swim meet all day, they definitely wanna leave and go get lunch. And so that's where their um, parents and families and, and users are often looking for places um, to go eat and shop um, before, after, and during aquatic programming. Um, another opportunity is this would really activate this, this area, um, and from an equity perspective, it is in walking distance of the Alameda Point Collaborative uh, residence. It's a large space. There's over six acres, um, <clears throat> more than that, available to figure out how to site and where to put the aquatic center and the parking. Um, some of the challenges to this area. This area is in a floodplain, uh, flood zone. Uh, it will be inundated by sea level rise. There is no doubt. Um, there are infrastructure plans to include levees and flood walls in that area to protect the regional sports complex and, and other businesses, um, but though, those are massive construction projects. There is no currently identified funding um, or plans for construction. Uh, so there's definitely a future um, uh, project. Uh, we could, however, get around that by building an above ground facility. They're called MRFA pools, and so pools can be built above ground. Um, so that could be an option. Um, it's also not easily accessible by a bicycle or public transit. The closest um, uh, AC transit stop is a number of blocks away and um, it's not a real easy bicycle um, ride down there as well. Um, the second potential location is Sweeney Park. And, the, and this is the most Western phase near Constitution and Atlantic. <clears throat> so the completely opposite end of what's currently built out with the playground area. Um, some opportunities is this is an opportunity, I see it as a, a huge opportunity to complete the entire park. And the reason I say that is because if we're building a city aquatic center there and the associated amenities like parking, um, which was already planned there, the parking, um, we then could build, we could move the community garden that was intended to be on that western side, move it a little bit closer to the middle area. There's a lot of room in the middle. There will still be plenty of area in the middle that was planned to be um, open oakland and uh, trails and a, a bike pump track. So that those can all still happen. Um, it's also the efficiency of scale because if you're out there with all the big construction equipment, and you have to grade it, which means you have to use the big equipment to get it to the right level you want it to be at. Um, and you need to put in infrastructure like your water lines, your sewer lines. Um, you can do all of that at once and finish the entire park of all the infrastructure and all the grading at a much lower cost than if you 
did the Western section and then came back and had another construction company stage again and do the middle section. So there's what, that's where the efficiency comes in. Um, so for a little bit extra, um, we could get the entire park done. And once we had the infrastructure in the central center area, then we could do, because it's not, a, you know, it's mostly landscape, um, we could do the rest with smaller construction projects and volunteer projects um, and get it done. Um, and I will add that, you know, I have met with the Gene Sweeney Open Space Park Foundation. They support the uh, putting the aquatic center here at Sweeney Park. Um, but only, but predicated upon um, using it as that opportunity to finish the whole park. Um, again, there's economic development with this location. It is in walking distance to Webster Street um, and Marina Village is also really close where the Luckies and shopping center is and, and a lot of restaurants over there. Um, it's very easily accessible by bicycle. It's right on the Cross Alameda Trail. It's also very easily accessible by public transit. Um, there's several lines um, two lines that stop um, within a block and another line that stops less than uh, two blocks uh, away. It's also centrally located um, and also has from that equity perspective, it serves uh, residents in walking distance of three Alameda Housing Authority sites. Uh, some of the challenges, this is a change to the design that was de developed Starting 2014, we did extensive um, community input process and developed the design. And, and so it is a change to that. And I recognize that. And so there's some work we would need to do to, to talk to the community about that. Um, this site also as a, as a previous railroad yard, um, we, we know what soil remediation, uh, we've already done most of the soil remediation. Um, but uh, there's always a potential for more. And so there, it could require further soil. Um, we know there's some potential groundwater issues there, so we may have to remediate that. I have met with our consultants that manage this stuff for us, um, and they said it, it, that the groundwater could be dealt with with a pump with carbon filtration, and then it filters out um, what you don't want, and, um, and you could use that to deal with the groundwater. Um, and again, we could do an above ground facility if we so chose. Um, for parking, this often comes up when I'm having this conversation with folks. <clears throat> um, both locations do have su sufficient space for bicycle and vehicle parking. Um, you know, I mentioned there's six acres. We, we only need about two acres to build this facility. So there's plenty of, of, of space over at the Alameda Point location. At the Sweeney Park location, we already had planned to have 80 um, parking spaces. I did a parking analysis of other similarly sized aquatic centers um, in San Ramon and Pleasanton and El Cerrito. And they all have an average of about 180 to 120. So about 100 parking spaces. So we're pretty close. Um, we would have the space if we wanted to expand it to 100 parking spaces. In addition, I met with, or I, I communicated with the Marina Village Business Park staff um, and they really strongly support having this pool there because it um, provides an amenity for everyone who works in Marina Village Business Park. And they're willing to allow their business parking set area, which is directly adjacent to where we would put this. So it would just be a simple walk. Um, and it could be used as overflow on weekends. So for, so for example, if there were large meets, that could be used as overflow on uh, weekends and potentially also on weekday evenings, um, because those are times when the businesses are not open and the parking area lies empty. 
In terms of funding, the cost to design and construct it is 20 to $25 million. Um, we do plan, uh, I'm not gonna go into a lot of detail here, it's more in the staff report um, to do a design build uh, process rather than a traditional design bid build. And that will usually save the project about 15 to 20% and also saves time. Um, so the range is that it would be on the higher end um, if we included the uh, completing all of Sweeney Park and all of the park infrastructure. I don't know if it'd be a full 5 million. These are very um, rough numbers. Um, the proposal to fund it is to fund 50% of the project from what we call unassigned residual general fund balance. So we have a significant amount of general fund monies that are above and beyond our uh, required reserves. Um, and that's due to transfer taxes um, because of the housing and business um, sales and things like that over the last number of years have come in significantly higher than budgeted. And so we have uh, a good amount of money and that could easily fund the 10 million for half of this project. Um, then we could finance the other 50% with a 30 year um, funding mechanism. Uh, they're called either certificate, uh, one of them is called certificate of, of participation, things like that. Um, they're not, they do not require voter approval. Um, and so as an example, if we funded 10 million over 30 years, it would be approximately 600,000 um, general fund payments uh, annually. Um, and based on our uh, rec and park uh, revenues and um, over the past several years, including, um, including pre-pandemic, but especially post-pandemic, our revenues, as I mentioned in my director's report, are significantly higher um, than they were pre-pandemic. And so uh, I've looked at the numbers with our finance director and feel comfortable that a large portion of the 600,000 could be funded by our um, our, our, our ARPD revenues uh, each year. So it could have a potentially minimal impact on the general fund. So with that, the next steps are for you to hear public comment. Um, and then if you give me feedback, everything you think about the City Aquatic Center concept um, and then give your recommendation to the City Council. And then I will, my plan is to take it to City Council in October of this year, uh, next month. So with that, it concludes my report. Thank you, Director Woolridge. Um, I went to a few of those meetings that the company had that was um, going to build the aquatic center, and they were very interested. We had a lot of good community support. I just have a quick question. Um, would we have to really look at that design again and redesign it from what we had planned to put it in the hood? We would still do it. We would, we would do another public input process. It probably wouldn't be as extensive because the general concept that we we got out of that can be put anywhere. And the general concept was um, a 30 yard competition pool and a smaller recreation pool with some amenities. And so that general concept can be kind of, you know, rearranged right. and put into a variety of different configurations. And that, that concept had a, you know, a building that was indoors, so you could have a birthday party and that inside yep. would all still be part of it. Um, yeah. I have a question about um, the Sweeney site. Um, I'm glad that you talked to the Gene Sweeney um, Park people. How would this Im uh, impact the fact where they want to build the food bank at some point? Um, great point. And, and with the pandemic, you may know the food banks shifted all of their um, food distribution operations out to Alameda Point. Um, they really only use that existing uh, trailer next to Sweeney Park for offices. 
um, and they're looking for another site. They originally, as you mentioned, were going to um, try and fundraise and do a capital campaign to build a new beautiful site at Sweeney. Um, I talked to the executive director and they are no longer interested in, in a, a location at that site. Okay. Anyone else have a clarifying question before we take comments? Vice Chair Robbins. So question, we, we have the regional sports complex, the 45 acre complex. Um, and I thought that there was a swimming pool associated with that complex. Am I mistaken? So that complex really is just a space, the 45 acres. Back in 2009, there was a community input process and a master plan that was developed. Um, and it doesn't appear to me that it was ever approved by city council, but it's so old at this point that we would do another public input process anyway of what would go out at the regional sports co complex. Um, that design, that ma master plan though had um, two options, one with a, a pool and one without a pool. So it's been looked at both ways. Um, the reason I'm, I'm not recommending to put it at the actual, in that 45 acre um, regional sports complex at this time is because the infrastructure is not there and would add, and, and so, you know, I, I think you know, but for the broader audience, the, the VA, when they um, build a hospital out at Alameda Point, they're required to bring a whole trunk of infrastructure down Main Street and then down West Red Line, and that will serve the, the, the future regional sports complex. But without that, we'd be building a brand new, beautiful aquatic center and tapping into old Navy infrastructure that's in terrible shape. And it, it's, I just wouldn't recommend it. Okay. Um, for, for the complex near the old, um, the old club, um, again, the, the, the there's concern for sea level rise, but with the VA um, property, as well as again, and I think you might have already answered my question about the regional sports complex. I thought we were then looking at shoring up that area anyway in the future. So I would think that if the Oak Club was an option that people wanted, that the sea level rise wouldn't be a question in the future. But again, you just said about the 45 acres, it's conceptual and who knows if it's going to be built, correct? Um, yes, the sports complex is, is still conceptual and is, you know, this group has talked about the, the huge prices we're talking about. It's currently $50 million project. Um, and I don't, you know, and the levies um, are in addition to that. So it's really, we're trying, we're advocating, I'm advocating for opening a, a building a city aquatic center sooner rather than later. But if we waited for the sports complex, it could be years, years out, five, 10 plus years before we could even start. Okay. Um, and you said a large portion of the 600,000 from the revenues. Could you give me a percentage of what you meant by large portion? Sure. So, um, for example, I'm going to pull this from the staff report. Um, for fiscal year 21-22, um, we ARPD exceeded our revenue, revenues by over $500,000. And this is, these are still unaudited numbers, but, but they give you a general sense. And we underexpended significantly as well by um, approximately close to 700,000. 
So this was significantly higher due to a number of factors. I don't anticipate to, this to be the case every year, um, but even pre-pandemic, we historically had year-end balances of 300,000, and we often would repurpose that into projects. And so um, I, I, I would say we, when I say significantly, I don't know exactly, but you know, 50% is, is attainable. Nice, very, that's, that's good. Um, I know that the Marina Village is looking at parking. Would they also be amenable to provide parking to the community garden area, which we are then pushing further inward into Sweeney Park, but there would need to be adjacent parking for that as well? I don't know. I had, I've not talked to them about that concept, but um, the, the actual parking center, <clears throat> parking lot that would be on site at Sweeney that's 80 to 100 spaces. Um, would serve both. So it would okay. be, if you think about the corner of Constitution Atlantic, then the, the, the aquatic center would be there. And then you keep moving east, then it would be the parking lot. And then it would be the community garden and they would share that parking lot. Okay, good. Um, and, and most, of, oh, most of the time, I don't anticipate parking to be an issue unless there's larger meets where you have a lot of people converging at once. And those would be on weekends. All right. Um, and being a geological engineer and owning an environmental consulting firm and doing groundwater in the past, um, the groundwater, um, there, it has to have significantly traveled offsite after all these years. We're talking 50 years of groundwater contamination. So has anybody done a study of the exact plume of the environmental contamination in the water? We are in the process of that. Um, we have to submit everything to the uh, DTSC or Department of Toxic Substance Control, and they are extremely slow at the moment, have been for a while, and it got worse during the pandemic. So it's been a year and a half. We've been waiting for a response um, on our remedial action work plan. And so we are in process with that. And, and the plan is to put in groundwater monitoring wells, um, and then that will give us a better sense of it. But initial testing is it's not significant, but it's there. Okay. I, I just know that putting groundwater filtration on site is just a small part of where the potential plume has gone to. So right. uh, until we really know those all those numbers and what is going to be the ultimate cost for that remediation, I would be hesitant to want to move forward um, knowing that it could cause a big backlash to us if we don't have those numbers solidified before we move forward. Um, so that, that's the end of my comments. Thank you, Vice Chair Robbins. We always like your expertise on those groundwater issues. Thank you. Anyone else? Commissioner Navarro. Hi, uh, I just have a quick question. With regard to the amount of um, revenue that we historically have from our programs, I mean, my recollection was that most of those general fund or most of the revenue um, it's usually like already accounted for in terms of maintenance and other ongoing park projects. Is that, would that heavily impact that if we're gonna put a significant portion towards a aquatic facility? So when I say that we were um, historically $300,000 over budget means that the budget that I bring to you each year um, shows our estimated revenues and, and our, our expenditures. So we don't exceed our expenditures. Some, we try and under, you know, sometimes we under expend, but um, 
we, we essentially operate as a small business. So we, for example, put out summer program offerings and we don't know exactly how many people are gonna register. So when we put those revenue numbers together for the budget, we're always very conservative to make sure we're matching them with, with, rev, with expenditures, but we're, we're conservative in that we, we say, well, we know we'll get at least this many people, but then if we get a significantly more people registering, that's a whole net more revenue that we didn't budget for that now is excess revenue. So that 300,000 is excess revenue that um, was above and beyond what we budgeted for. Does that answer your question? It does. I, I'm just worried that, you know, potentially the amount of transfer tax revenue that we've had in the past few years might not continue. And then what would happen if we are not, I know that we run pretty lean. We have sometimes this cushion of carryover, but what, ha but, what happens if we can't pay our, make our payment as it were? Well, it's general fund. So overall, it's a general fund responsibility, not just an ARPD responsibility. And the ARPD is now in the general fund. Um, the transfer tax, um, so the general fund, it would, what would happen is that six, for example, $600,000 would be baked, then it's an obligation. So the city would have to pay it. Um, we can't default on our obligations. And so one way or another, whether it was out of the ARPD budget or somewhere else in the, the general fund budget, it would have to get paid. Um, the transfer tax that I mentioned, usually the city's very conservative on estimating transfer tax because you never quite know what's going to sell and what's not. Um, and um, where I brought in the transfer tax is when I said that we we have the funds to be able to pay the upfront $10 million, half of the project. That's all from trans previous transfer taxes. It's not relying on future. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Commissioner Wynn? Uh, I will reserve my questions for after um, hearing public comment, um, but no questions right now. Okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, I don't think I have another question. I'll wait for public comments. All right, so public comments on this topic. I have Speaker Linton. Welcome, Speaker Linton. Good evening, everybody, and uh, glad to see you here. Um, I applaud you. Uh, glad that this is on the agenda. Uh, first of all, wanted to say that um, I am big. I'm huge supporter of this entire project. My preference is Sweeney Park, um, but you know I'll take whatever. Uh, but I do have a couple of questions, uh, which can be addressed hopefully sometime in the future. Um, what would be an expected lifespan of a, of a facility such as this? Um, any uh, impact on the number of jobs, construction jobs versus long-term jobs that uh, a facility like this would uh, generate? Um, do we have a timeline on this? I know some of this is contingent upon the, the city council vote. And um, is this our sole opportunity for public input or will there be other opportunities for public input? And with that, uh, I thank you for considering my comments and uh, appreciate your attention to this matter. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker. Uh, does anyone else, uh, please raise your virtual hand if you would like to speak. Um, I don't have anyone raising their hand, but I do have a written public comment that came in um, after we had posted. So okay. I'm just gonna read it out to you. Um, it's a little bit long, so I will do my best. 
Um, it's from Liz Taylor with Dewar Marine. Dewar Marine. Um, she says, I'm writing in support for the plan for an aquatic center at the site entitled West of Oak Club off Main Street. The site is in proximity to both the Alameda Point Regional Sports Complex and communities in Alameda that are traditionally underserved. As an advisor to the Swim Strong Foundation, which is swimstrongfoundation.org, I'm acutely aware of the need for people to not only have swimming skills, but also water competency. Other more affluent areas of Alameda already have at least some pool access, while the West End has none. Placing the proposed aquatic center in this location is also much more tenable in terms of transit, parking, and bicycling. The site lends itself well both to both in-ground and above-ground design options as it is close to the location of prior in-ground pool facilities once maintained and used by the Navy. Best of all, the site lends itself well to the potential for a saltwater pool. Saltwater pools are lower in cost to maintain and use far fewer chemicals and sanitation. Waste saltwater could be utilized to create a salt marsh wetland area for filtration with water gradually making its way to the bay. It could even be possible to develop a flow through system using filtered bay water in the aquatic center, then returning clean water to the bay. With fresh water and short supply, this option seems a great alternative. The variety of disciplines that can be served reach far beyond basic rote lap swimming, water polo, synchronized swimming, therapeutic water rehab, scuba lessons, first responder water training, even springboard diving and mermaid swimming could all be entertained. These deeper activities might be achieved by a hybrid partial above ground construction model if there are concerns about digging too deep into soils adjacent to the bay. Doer Museum and our deep ocean explorer store is a full service paddy and SDI diving facility. We know firsthand how frustrated citizens are with the minimal pool access in Alameda. Although we are an island with wonderful water access, there are often barriers to swimming in the bay. An aquatic center at the West End can provide more equitable access to gaining water competence, equating to fewer accidental drowning incidents in the community at large, while allowing those involved in aquatic sports to hone their skills without driving along the creek. Thanks for your time and attention. Okay, thank you. Any more comments? Uh, would anybody else like to speak? We have no more speakers. Okay, the public comment section is closed. Now it's time for our discussion. Um, the idea of putting it at Sweeney Park to me is um, a positive one on the fact that then the entire park could be finished. And since we could get the, um, the gardens and the rest of that finished, I think that's a good idea. I think the parking there would be much better than down at the base. Um, and I know that there's a lot of support in the community for us to have this aquatic center. I went to a couple of the meetings when we looked at design and everyone's very positive and behind it. So um, since the food bank is not a issue there anymore, um, my questions have been answered. Ready? Uh, Commissioner Wen? Um, I agree. I'm in support of the Sweeney Park uh, location. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of other factors like uh, what um, Commissioner Robbins brought up earlier with the groundwater, which I'm not um, the expert on, so no way can make any judgment on that. But I, I think that I prefer the Sweeney Park. I think Although what the other speaker was mentioning about the fact that it would allow more equitable access to those on the West End, having a closer facility, I think having something at a pool, particularly in the location where we're proposing in Sweeney, would allow members from the West End, the East End, Bay Farm to easily travel versus if someone lives in, on Bay Farm traveling over to the base, it's, it's, it's significantly 
um, a longer time. Um, and I do like the option if you are not driving, at least the Sweeney option will allow one to take a bus in case that's a, you know, an issue. Um, if there's no transportation for that person, they could take a bus. So I'm in some full support of the Sweeney location. Um, uh, Vice Chair Robbins. Yeah, um, I will say that biking to the Oak Club is not difficult, at least for me. I, I'm biking to um, Mecham Auctions House, which is near the uh, Oak Club uh, twice a month. And it really isn't difficult to get to that. Um, area, but that area, it, it would be like putting this gorgeous facility in, in an area that um, doesn't have a lot around it uh, compared to what we have with Sweeney Park, with, um, again, even the Marina Village business associations. I, I mean, this would be um, definitely a feather in their cap to have that as close as it is for any individuals that are interviewing for any of those businesses there to have this kind of a complex nearby and and that the marina village is not fully uh leased and and they do need some help uh, so it would not only help them but then webster street is extremely close so that would help um the webster street um, organizations and also um, I love just the idea of having the underground uh, utilities, the water and so on and so forth to be able to be completed from uh, and so I just see Sweeney Park as um, a, a fantastic opportunity for uh, the city. Uh, from and many different groups within the city, um, I think financially would be able to uh, reap benefits from it, uh, as well as just from a, having a, a new athletic swimming facility independent of our schools, which I think is extremely needed um, for the city of Alameda. Thank you, Vice Chair. Commissioner Navarro, do you have a comment? I do. Um, so I know that we had talked about the City Aquatic Center previous uh, two years ago, and there was unanimous support. Um, it really was a function of like, what exactly do we want this, you know, City Aquatic Center. Um, so I looked into just what do other cities have that are, you know, I personally could not get my kids into swim lessons over the past two years here in Alameda. <laughs> so we had to drive to Walnut Creek. And I think what really struck me is Walnut Creek is a city of 69,000 people. We're a city of 79,000 people, and yet they have three municipal pools, including, I think, sort of what we call a feather in the cap. They have this Heather Farms, which is very comparable to Jean Sweeney, that it's a park, it has a playground, it has natural open space, it has tennis courts, but you know, we can't be perfect. <laughs> um, but it also has this really amazing aquatic center that you can walk to from some of the local schools. Um, I guess I think when we are proposing this to city council, one of the things we need to keep in mind, I know, is that Jean Sweeney is, believe it or not, much more centrally located from tip to tip. Um, having just driven my children out to the Oak Club area for parks, even just from my, where I live near Park Street, it was quite a drive. 
and you know everyone drove there was nobody riding their bikes to that location for camp um, and i just kind of wonder if that would promote car usage when really we have this location that could be much more amenable to public transportation and biking um, i don't we're not a typical family but i have biked to jeans we need much more than i have biked to the point um, so i think that's something to keep in mind um, so i guess the I would like to hear more public input in terms of what amenities we would have in this final aquatic center. Um, but if we could incorporate a lot of the public comment that we have from before and add to it, I think that would be a great recommendation for us to make to city council. Thank you. Everyone has excellent comments tonight. Again, I think the one thing that really sticks in my mind is being able to finish Jean Sweeney Park. I know the people that started that have worked really, really hard and what a nice feather in our cap it would be to get Gene Sweeney Park finished and have the aquatic center there. Um, would someone like to make a motion to send this to council? Vice Chair Robbins? Um, I'm, I just make a motion. Um, the only way that I need to understand the full costs associated with implementing this if we do go forward with recommend spend decades uh, cleaning up contamination and contamination sites and it can run into the tens of millions of dollars for groundwater remediation and again that, that contamination is a hundred years old and up to 50 years old, and it could be significantly far away at, by this point. So we, we need to truly understand what are going to be the full costs um, for me to at, at least say yes to any recommendation. Uh, uh, um, Director Woolridge? Thank you, Chair Alexander. Um, I understand what you're saying, Commissioner Robbins. Um, it will be a while before we know the true full extent because we have to get the grant, we have to get DTSC to approve our plan. It's taken them so long, I could see it taking another one to two years to get through all of that, to get to a remedial action work plan uh, that's approved by them. And then we still have to put in the monitoring wells and monitoring them, them quarterly for I think up to five years is what I recall. Um, but I will say that the initial testing, um, we, the initial testing did not show significant groundwater contamination. So I, I just want to be careful that this isn't blown too far out of proportion in that um, there has been some scoping and I'm not well versed enough to, as you are, to get into the details. I'm happy to work with you on offline um, with our consultants if you're concerned about it. But um, they have told me that the initial testing was just enough that, that they need to be extra cautious and do the monitoring well, but they're, they don't feel that it will show significant results. Okay, so just to clarify though, then if, if we are still over a year and a half to two years out before they're potentially going to approve, I don't know. I'm guessing at that, but I it just it can. They've taken a, a. I have a meeting with DTSC in a couple of weeks, actually, so I'm hoping to know more soon. So, so that potentially means if we say yes to Sweeney, this isn't even going to 
break ground for two to three more years? Well, it would take, I wouldn't say two to three years, but could be up to two years, yes. I mean, it, it takes, construction alone is a year. Um, design and, um, you know, permitting wouldn't take that long, but, but you know, you have construction documents to do and, and all of that would take at least a year, potentially a year and a half. Okay, so it wouldn't, when, do you, when would you think, given all the parameters that it would actually come online? I'm just, I, I'm in support of this. I just want to know, am I going to be alive when this is <laughs> finished? Yes. If city, if city, I, I always hesitate to give schedules when we're this early in a project. Um, it, so city council still needs to approve. Um, they also need to actually allocate the money at a later date. Um, and we would need to go out to bid for a design build team that takes some, you know, so you it takes three or four months just to even get the team in place. And then you're doing the public input process and then you're doing the design of actual construction documents, you get the permits and then you, and then you build. Um, something like this to build is, is, is easily 10 to 12 months based on conversations I've been in for the Emma Hood project. Um, so like I said, it, it, I would, two years is, is if, if we really get approval in October from city council to move forward, it could definitely take two years to build and open to the public. Commissioner, uh, when? Um, so Director Woolridge, based on what you're saying, and I know you were in your um, report, you were mentioning the cost would be lower, I guess, if, if we were finishing the park and doing the uh, pool at the same time. So are you suggesting then that the park will not be fully complete until we start building the, the this pool, if, if that's the decision that we, you know, that we and then the, the larger council agree upon? Yes, if council decides to move forward with this concept to use citing the aquatic center at Sweeney and use it to complete the entire park, that efficiency is only there if we build all of it at the same time. And you bring the construction, you design it all at once, you bring the construction crew out once, they grade it all while they're out there, they put the infrastructure all while they're out there. So, um, so yes, uh, it would, it would, that would also be on the same timeline. Thank you. You're welcome. Commissioner Navarro. All right, I'm gonna make a motion. I move that we recommend to city council that we move forward with the city aquatic center for the city of Alameda at proposed site number two, Jean Sweeney Park. Do you have a second? I second. Can we have a vote please? Uh, yes, Commissioner Navarro. Yes. Commissioner Wynn. Yes. Vice Chair Robbins. Yes. And Chair Alexander. Yes. So unanimous, okay. move that on to city council to recommend the aquatic center be at Jean Sweeney Park. Will do. All right, moving on to item 6B, review and recommend to city council a dog park location near Lidecker Park. Great. Yes, thank you. Let me screen share and get my slideshow going. Um, okay, so this is, um, we're discussing the, a, a dog park, a potential dog park on the East End Bay Farm Island. Um, and for background, city council approved $75,000 to build this. 
um, in oops, fiscal year 21-23. Um, I'll get into a little bit more later. We do have existing dog parks at Washington Park and Main Street. Um, the one at Main Street will go away once the second phase of Estuary Park is built. As the commission knows, I recently received a, um, a significant $2.5 million grant. Um, so this will be a total $5 million project and we will start construction in late 2023, early 24. So sometime by the end of 24, I expect that new dog park to open and that will have both a large and small area. Um, as you know, you also, we did a public survey that had uh, well over 1200 people. Um, you reserved, reviewed the survey results and you have re reviewed multiple locations at your September and December 2021 and January 2022 meetings. So what I'm gonna do here, because this is our fourth conversation about it, um, I, I, I set up this, this slideshow to go through each of the locations that we have reviewed just as a refresher. Um, so one is at Cruzy Park as shown uh, in the red areas. Um, and that is Otis Street down on the bottom for orientation. One was at Tawada Park at the base of the Bayfront Bridge with a separate small and large dog area. Um, the first location we looked at at Lidecker Park was here with separate small and large, large dog areas. The parking just above it is private parking. The parking to the side of it in front of the library and rec center is public parking. Um, and then nearby you have the Temple of Israel and um, Bay Farm Community Church and two preschools. We also talked about a potential location that was brought up by, and recommend, suggested by a resident um, here at uh, on Harbor Bay Drive. There's a restroom there. Um, we determined that that was not feasible um, after uh, due to uh, potential restrictions from the, the required permitting from BCDC and, and staff there, BCDC staff did not think this was a good fit for this location and that would be a year long permit required um, in order to build. Um, this one you have not seen, um, this is a, a, but I just wanted to let you know this was part of the thought process. Um, this is another configuration that staff looked at for Sweeney Park um, with keeping the large dog park at about 9,800 square feet um, in the location you saw in the original configuration, um, but removing the small dog park because some of the concerns, there were significant concerns from um, folks I met with at the temple and uh, Bayfront Church, and I met with the um, community of Harbor Bay uh, Homeowners Association board, um, and there were concerns about noise um, affecting services. There were concerns about the use of public using the private parking lot um, because it was directly adjacent. Um, and so we moved the small, in this configuration, we moved the small dog park over near the kind of surrounding on the bottom there around the, um, it's a hillside where there's currently a couple um, picnic tables uh, around the playground. After continued conversations with folks, um, we took, staff took another hard look at it and um, also met with uh, representatives from the East End um, Dog Group Coalition um, and landed on this location that is on the hillside around um, the uh, basketball court. A um, couple of the main reasons we ultimately brought this one forward 
um, to you is because it's all of it. Well, first of all, it's as far as possible um, within the park from um, the services at the church and the temple. So noise here will not be an issue. Um, it's also not adjacent to the private parking. So it's very unlikely that people will park using the dog park will park in the private area any more than people already do. Um, they more likely would park in this available public parking lot in front of the recreation center. Um, and it's a very, it's a un, very unutilized area. Um, sometimes basketball players sit up on that hill, but we um, could offset that by adding um, benches, which we really need to do anyway to this area um, below at the, the end line of the basketball court. Um, if we put the dog park in this area, we would put a um, fence would go all the way around it. The fence would be um, at least four to six feet high. The fence, however, along this section, along the, the end line, um, the baseline of the basketball court and along the sideline um, would be much higher and would be more like eight to 10, probably 10, you know, probably would be, we were discussing eight feet along the sideline and then 10 to 12 feet along the baseline so that the basketballs don't go um, over and into the dog park. We also would put screening along there, whether it was along the playground or whether it's here along the basketball court, we would put screening so that dogs are less likely to see what's happening on the, on the basketball court um, and less likely to be reactive to that. Um, this is a smaller location. It's 10, about 10,500 square feet. Um, it has some trees. Um, it could be graded down to be a little less of a hill. Um, so because of the small size, um, I worked, I talked, as I mentioned, to the East End uh, dog group, and um, they agreed that it was feasible to have all dog sizes allowed in this, instead of separating it into two. Um, we could even delineate certain days for small dogs, certain days for large dogs, like maybe Tuesday, Wednesday is for large dogs, and Monday, Tuesday, you know, whatever, Monday, Wednesday for large dogs, Tuesday, Thursday for small dogs, and other days for any dogs. Um, I will say I've, I've, I've seen other dog parks, especially in San Francisco where space is limited, um, where they have parks about this size um, and the dogs intermingle of the different sizes. Um, so it, it definitely is, is possible and feasible. Um, also want to let you know that um, not part of this decision, but just so you have this understanding, um, at, this is Tilden Way that you're looking at heading onto the Fruitvale Bridge. Um, and what you see outlined in yellow, um, there's currently a transportation project um, and there's a ton of public input opportunities coming up in October. Um, as I mentioned here, you can just uh, go to the city's website and <clears throat> do the search for Clement Avenue Tilden Way project page and there's a ton of information there. So as part of this project, um, which is, again, focused on transportation, it's all about um, improving bicycle and pedestrian access, as well as bus lanes and um, other, other co transportation components. Um, there is this space here that is, would be an unused space and has the potential to be a dog park. And that's already been raised in the public input so far. I've been talking to trans public transportation staff about it. Um, and so it is feasible to put a somewhere between a five to 10,000 square foot dog park here. Um, it's, it's kind of an ideal location because there's a large parking area from um, the, the adjacent uh, business 
there's uh, Pet Food Express is right there. There's uh, a Starbucks there. So someone could go park and grab their Starbucks and go to the dog park with their dog. So it's a pretty good location, but also is a, a small dog park. Um, in terms of timeline, they expect to start construction in 2024 on that project. This is really just a recap. You've seen this a couple times before, um, but because I'm recapping all of the sites, um, this just compares all of them in terms of restrooms. They all have restrooms available except for Tawada. Um, it talks about parking at all of them. I've already talked about parking at Lidecker, so I'm not gonna revisit that. Um, talks about the distance from residential um, and also talks about um, shade and then some just general notes. But most importantly, I would also note at the bottom the size. They're all generally small. So even though the one we're pro um, proposing right now is about 10,500 square feet, um, it's, it's not much different from the other ones that, were, that we've looked at and uh, were proposed through this project. And actually I added Godfrey Park on this one because that, even though we didn't talk about it publicly, a lot of residents have brought that to me um, because it looks like there's space out there, but it's extremely small and only 30 feet from a residential. So I strongly do not recommend it. Um, but I wanted to make sure you're, you're aware of the comparison to Washington Park um, which is 161,000 square feet. So we are talking about a small dog park. Um, some of the benefits of dog park, I got this from the American Kennel Club. Um, dogs can exercise safely and socialize. Um, it keeps them appropriate area. We have, do have significant issues with dogs off leash at a number of our parks, Franklin, Cruzy, Lincoln, those are the main ones, but um, we, we have a, um, actually at our, um, also our main street uh, soccer field. Um, so we have a lot of off-leash dogs that cause um, issues. They, they dig in the athletic fields, they run after kids, um, you know, so they run in the bikers. And so because they're not in a contained area, um, so this would provide a um, appropriate place for them to run off-leash. And I thought this was interesting. I hadn't really thought about it, but it also creates community and promotes public health in that um, if dogs are well exercised, they're better neighbors. They're not barking, um, you know, they're not having issues because they're stuck at home and not getting enough exercise. Um, I also have put work into what, and want to make sure you're clear on what standards are for dog park design, because while I do think it'd be great to have a dog, more dog parks in Alameda, um, I also want to recognize that we have done, as a commission and as staff, we have done a lot of work to try and find a location. And as you've seen, it's been extremely challenging. And I, um, this location could totally work. And it's not, it doesn't fit the ideal standard of a dog park. Um, usually they're one acre, kind of minimum a half acre, which would be about 20,000 square feet. Um, the fencing we can take care of. Um, but I will caveat this, like I said earlier, that there are ones in San Francisco and elsewhere that are significantly smaller and, and do still work. Um, we would put in a double gated entry. Um, it is ideal to separate large and small dog areas. It, it, most do that. It doesn't always happen. And then obviously we would have appropriate signage and parking and amenities. Um, lastly, I want to give you some examples of natural grass versus synthetic grass, because that would be a consideration for this for any site. Um, natural grass is, is one of the benefits. It's nice, it's real. Um, you know, dogs love natural grass. Um, 
one of the challenges is, as you can see in the top right, it can get worn. Um, it really would require higher level of maintenance. Um, we would have to close the dog park for at least a half day every week and for a full day once a month. So it does require more closures um, and requires obviously water and, and fertilizer and more maintenance as well. Um, but it is more cost effective to install initially. Um, synthetic grass, this one on the left, um, I believe is actually in San Francisco, if I recall correctly. Um, and this is an example of one of those smaller ones with synthetic turf. You can see dogs of different sizes. So the synthetic turf is more expensive on the front end, um, but very durable. Um, and we don't really, sometimes you have to worry about it getting hot. So like on a day like today, it might be too hot, but mostly, most of the time in Alameda, we don't have to worry about that. Um, I will say that, as I mentioned at the very beginning, we have $75,000 for this budget. Um, construction costs have been going up at 1% a month at this point. Um, so uh, we might have to go back if, if the commission wants to re recommend this or another location as a dog park, um, I would take it to city council. I'm gonna talk about next steps here. I would take it to city council for final, rec for final approval. Most likely, I would also need to ask for additional funding at that time, especially if this commission is interested in a synthetic turf. Um, so with that, that concludes my report. Thank you, Director Woodward. Does anyone have any questions for her? Commissioner Wen? Um, Director Woodward, I had a question on like the size of the park that you're um, for Lydector Park. C could you pull up that screen again of yeah. the... Because if I remember correctly, um, there's like, there's some space there that's not being used, but I think there's probably trees. Is that why it's not like ex um, expanded further? Yes, Oops. like, oh. <laughs> uh, uh, Sorry, I'm having issues with my... That's okay. There we go. Uh, to um, the right. Are you uh, here? Yeah, I yeah. think there's a lot of trees, but is that why it's not being considered a it's actually not our property to, to do oh. something with. Um, and there's a sidewalk. This sidewalk continues all the way around. You can't see it because of the trees, but it goes all the way around. So we, we really can't block that sidewalk. Um, and if you were thinking about putting, we would have to get permission um, to, to do it from the uh, community of Harbor Bay. Um, they, they maintain that area. And I don't believe that that is, I would have to double check, but it's not maintained by the city. And I don't believe that city area. Do you, if it's just trees, if, if not, if I'm not missing, well, with, with a couple of shrubber, you know, like shrubs, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yes, okay. it is. It is just that it's, it's an unused area. It's just some shrubbery and trees. You're correct. Um, so question, if we, if the public and our commission agrees to move forward with this, with that allocated space, is there an option to maybe talk to Harbor Bay to maybe possibly expand it if in the future, if that's an option mm -hmm. or that's not? Um, yes, uh, the, the community of Harbor Bay does not support a dog park in Lidecker Park, so oh, I'm more than okay. happy to have that conversation, but I think it's unlikely they would um, support that. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Good to know. Anyone else have a question? Um, I have one, or just... Um, Director Ward, do you think if we had another ball, uh, another dog park in the East End, 
that it would stop the dogs running free at Cruzy and Lincoln? I think I if I'm putting you on the spot, but I'm I'm curious. Yeah, it's hard for me to 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 know what's in people's minds, but um, I, I I believe that if we ha I think this one will serve residents of Bay Farm Island and Harbor Bay. Um, I I don't think people it will be a neighborhood dog park. I don't think people will drive who live near Lincoln and Cruzy will drive from there over to use the dog park here. Some might, but I don't think the majority necessarily will. Um, so I do think people will continue to use those parks as dog runs and unless we put a dog park that's closer to that area. I think they would be more likely to use the one at um, Tilden Way that I mentioned. I think that would do some to alleviate. When you and staff worked this new plan at Lidecker, did you talk to the community of Harbor Bay, the, the representatives out here about that? Because I've talked to some today that have talked to me and said they didn't know anything about it. It was a surprise to them. So I was just curious which groups you talked to. Right. So um, I, I talked to the executive director a couple of times and I also met with the full board. Um, I happen to live out here. So I also know it was in the, um, I think it's called the Gold Call, the, the magazine that goes out to all residents. So it was in there at least once, I believe. So um, I did not go and talk to every single individual HOA. That is true. Okay, thank you. I just wanted to clarify that. Mm -hmm. um, any other questions before we have a public comment? No? Okay, so do we have some public comment on the dog park at Light Echo Park? We do. I have Speaker Pie. Hello, Speaker Pie. Good evening. Hello. Welcome. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Well, uh, good evening. Uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, Ms. Wooldridge, uh, thank you for all your good work. And uh, thank you to all members of the commission for your service on behalf of the city. Uh, my name is Bill Pye, and I am board president for the community of Harbor Bay Isle, uh, in which this park is proposed. The location proposed is within our community. And yes, adding to Ms. Wolger's comment, uh, she and uh, the members, the other members of the staff have been diligent about uh, communicating with us. Uh, they have presented to the full board and they have met with our executive director, Don Yeager, on multiple occasions in answer to uh, that's Ms. Alexander and Ms. Lenz. Uh, questions here, I do want to emphasize, and we have, I've received a number of comments from members within the community. There are many who are aware of this, although not everybody is, of this proposal. And I've received many comments from uh, homeowners in recent days, as they've seen the staff report and so on, that are a little bit upset because the staff reports seem to indicate that, uh, that the community of Harbor Bay Isle is ambivalent or not opposed to this when that is exactly the opposite of the truth. Overall, the community does not support this. And I would say that the three bodies that surround that proposed location, Temple Israel, the community of Harbor Bay Isle Owners Association's offices, and the Baywood Village HOA, which surrounds that area, all oppose this for various reasons, which include, among other things, parking. I know it's been said, I mean, it is waved off that all people won't park in the private parking lot. They do. When we have softball games played at Lidecker Park, they all, they all park in the private parking lot. And I'm going to make an assumption that the city will not help us with parking enforcement if that park goes in. That will fill up the private parking space. That is just what, what is going to happen there. Uh, I also wanted to mention that the city, that the community of Harbor Bay Isle spends over $100,000 a year in purchasing 
mitts to pick up for dog owners to pick up after their dogs and they are allocated throughout our community. Uh, this will obviously increase the budgetary requirements for the number of mitts. And, uh, and uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not aware that the city has offered to help us offset those increased costs. So I'll just wrap it up here by saying, this is the, I, my understanding is on four points is this, please correct me if I'm wrong. One, there are not, is likely the current $75,000 is not sufficient to complete the project. Two, there are still no funds allocated for ongoing maintenance and cleanup of the park. Three, there are no funds earmarked to offset the increased costs for the community of Harbor Bay Isle because of the park for things such as mud mitts and so on. And then finally, my understanding is that this plan gives no consideration whatsoever to the fact that the city plans to put a minimum of 300 additional housing units right by that park. If any of that is incorrect, please let me know. Thank you, Speaker Pai. Another speaker? Yes, I have Speaker Walshui. Welcome, Speaker. Hello? Hello? Oh, she went Hello. away. That appears to be Speaker Camera. I'm sorry, Speaker Walshui, we'll come back to you. Please raise your hand if you'd like to speak again. Um, here we have Speaker Camber. Sorry, Speaker I'm not sure Canberra. what happened. Thank you. Good evening, Chair Alexander and Commissioners. My name is Jeff Cambra, and I am one of the founding members of the East End Bay Farm Dog Park Group. Together with my co-organizer, Sarah Larcher, who is not able to be here tonight, uh, we've worked closely with Director Woolwich to evaluate multiple sites and are excited to bring you this proposed dog park site. Uh, before starting, though, I would like to thank the 500-plus Alameda residents that participated in the East End Bay Farm Dog Park survey, confirming the community need for a dog park, and who put their trust in both Sarah and myself to work through the many considerations that are needed to be taken into account when evaluating a site for a dog park. The selection process involved reviewing over 10 potential sites submitted by Alameda residents which were narrowed down to three and finally to one. Even then, there was more outreach and collaboration to other interested stakeholders to arrive at the site that is before you tonight. That includes reaching out to the Bay Farm Community Center and both of the religious organizations there, uh, Director Woolrich had, com had conversations directly with them. To be sure, this is not the ideal size or location that one might envision but it does represent the input from those organizations and individuals that would be directly impacted by a dog park in this area. You can have some confidence in improving this location, knowing that so many interests, both dog owners and non-dog owners, were considered when bringing this site to you tonight for your input and approval. As always, I thank you for your time, efforts, and service to our community. Thank you so much. Next speaker. Speaker Walshoy. Speaker Walshoy. Right. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, welcome. Thank you. Um, good evening, commissioners and Director Woldridge. Um, I am a resident of the Baywood community that borders um, Ladiger Park, and I would like to strongly encourage you to decline this proposal. Um, as you can see, this site is right next to um, two of the four sides of the basketball court. 
very close to the children's playground. There's zero buffer. Um, you look at Washington Park, there's a large area around it um, between play areas and other places of um, human activity. This is really not a good site for a dog park. I take my children to Ladiger Park multiple times per week. This would just make the experience miserable. So I would really encourage you to um, listen to what Mr. Pye said. The community over here does not support this dog park. And um, as, as Director Woldridge said, this would be a local dog park. The people around it don't want it. So I really encourage you to um, reject this proposal. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Another speaker? Yes, I have Speaker Yeager. Speaker Yeager, welcome. Thank you, uh, Chair Alexander and Commissioners, Director Woolridge. Um, as you know, I have been to each of these meetings and um, actually indicated the fact that we do not want the park there. And wherein I appreciate that Director Woolridge has managed to continually move the park a little further away. I, I don't believe it's far enough away. Um, the basketball courts, as has been mentioned, are active at all times, late into the night, early in the morning. There are always people there. Um, I, I do seriously have concerns about the parking because as um, my president of our association has previously indicated, people park in our lots already and we can't get them to stop. Even though it was mentioned that you know it would be requested, softball people not park there, they still do. Um, I think that what uh, Director Woolrich has shown you guys tonight with the um, park located along Tilden Avenue is really something you guys should give greater consideration because you're not having something that is there where the church has said they don't want it, the school has said they don't want it, the temple has said they don't want it, and uh, the community of Harbor Bay has said they don't want it. So. Again, as uh, previous speaker mentioned, this is supposed to be a neighborhood park, and yet we don't want it. So um, with no further uh, comments, thank you for your time. Thank you very much. I have Speaker Kingsley. Speaker Kingsley? Yes, thank you. Okay. Um, I wanted to make clear that I'm not aware that the Temple Israel of Alameda board has taken a vote on this. Um, individual members of the synagogue may have voiced um, opposition to the park being close to the sanctuary, but I wanted to make clear that to my knowledge, this, the board has not taken up, the board has not taken a position on this. My personal position is that the, um, the dog park should not be anywhere near the sanctuary at any time of the day or night. Um, I, um, I can't speak directly to the parking issue because I don't mind walking and parking when synagogue has a lot of, uh, when it has services and there's um, a lot of business for the shops uh, in the shopping center, I park over by uh, the now closed CVS. But um, I just wanted to make clear that as an individual who is a member of Temple Israel, that I, as a resident of the Big Island who travels to the Little Island to the synagogue, would not like the dog park close to the sanctuary. Um, and thank you. 
Thank you very much. <laughs> Next speaker. Um, if anyone else would like to speak, please raise your virtual hand. I have no, spe no more speakers, Chair. No more speakers? All right, so public comment section is closed. Time for our discussion. Would like to start. Okay, Commissioner Navarro. I will go first. I'm a dog owner. I'm an East End resident. So I feel like I have a little bit of skin in the game. Um, I feel, or it seems to me, that this is a very frustrating process. And as a people pleaser, this has been very hard because I know many people want the dog park, yet nobody wants it near them. <laughs> so I don't know what, as a commissioner, we're to do when every single proposal is shot down by the immediate vicinity. And privately, people have told me, I don't care where you build the dog park, I'm still gonna take my dog to Earhart's playground. I don't care where you build the dog park, I'm gonna walk to Lincoln Park. Um, I guess I'm voicing my frustration. I would love to have a centrally located, amazing dog park facility. You know, someone flippantly said, why don't you do it at Chochenyo <laughs> near the dumb friends bench? Cause that's where dumb dogs go. And uh, I guess I'm, I'm recognizing that there are many people who have strong feelings about this. I also know that there are people who are strongly in favor of it. Um, my initial feelings is that I would love to have a dog park at Laydecker. I would use it, but it's very frustrating when everyone is against it being in their backyard. Uh, and I wonder if we build housing at Bay Farm Safeway, will those people want a dog park? Will that change the equation? where you have housing, I know, are we kicking the can down the road? I would love to know about the Tilden Park location. I do know it's near Pet Food Express. I could walk there selfishly, I would love that, but I don't know if we have any control over that. Those are just my general thoughts. I don't wanna vote on something that's not gonna please anyone. I'd love to hear more from other commissioners. Thank you. Um, Vice Chair Robbins. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the, <laughs> Commissioner Navarro, I, I hear your comments and, and I do have to agree. Um, nobody does want it, but uh, at the same time, I personally have issues with it being right next to the basketball court. Um, I know I previous dog owner, um, for most of my life and anything fast moving, a dog's gonna run after. <clears throat> there are gonna be people running up and down those courts. There's gonna be basketballs. There's gonna be lots of loud noise, lots of screaming, lots of yelling uh, going on on a basketball court. And even with screens, um, you know, dogs aren't humans, they are dogs. They, their sense of smell and their sense of being able to understand movement is much different from ours. And I just do not see this as a good site to be located um, on top of all the other questions that people have, uh, but having it right next to a basketball court. And, and an eight foot um, fence is gonna do nothing when you have basketballs that 
could be flying, um, miss past, so on and so forth, um, it would have to be much higher than eight feet. So I just, um, to me, this is not, uh, and I hate to say this, but uh, you know, I, I think we need to be looking at some other alternatives uh, besides this location. Um, thank you. Thank you, Vice Chair. Commissioner Wynn? Uh, yes, I live near the Lidecker Park and I do have a puppy. Um, and I would love to have a dog park on a bay farm, but I also know that this was something that the East End, um, which is um, outside of Bay Farm, in, would want. And I think it's, it's difficult. I, I agree with a lot of the commissioners here that it sounds like the community does want one, but again, not in your backyard. And I have frequented a lot of the parks in the city in San Francisco to see how they built their dog parks. Many of them do not have softball or not near basketball court. And I think that this one's a little, I, I agree. I think my puppy um, would be very reactive, even if it's an, um, a nice eight foot tall built um, fence. I'm just not really sure, you know, because I know we've talked about this many times and I know it's frustrating. I'm sure that we can't make a decision because I think a lot of times we're hearing from the public that there's no agreement here. Um, I, I, I'm also, I can't make it, I was, I'm not really sure where I'm going to go with this. I do think that we, we do need a dog park. Um, it might, this park might not be the ideal location given it's going to be right next to the basketball court, but I do think that we do need one. I'm just not sure where, despite the fact that we did survey a lot of the dog parks, but I do feel confident. I know that there was someone who spoke on behalf of, I think it was Jeff Cam, um, Jeff, who said that he was in support of this, and this was one of the big efforts that he and uh, someone else led. So that gives me confidence that if they are in support of this, the community at large, besides for those who kind of spoke today, did not want this. So I'm I'm really torn on this decision. Okay, thank you. Um, as chair, I try to give my comments last and let everyone speak. But first, I'd like to thank staff for their hard work. We've been working on this several times. We've looked at several sites between Cruzy Park and Tawada and the Lidecker Park. Um, I try to do my due diligence every time I went by the Tawada Park area looking at parking. And besides the fact to be respectful of the Tawada family, I never thought there was enough parking there. The idea of using Cruzy Park right by the tennis courts made no sense to me. Um, when I saw the Lidecker site the first time, I thought, oh, I live on Bay Farm Island. I don't have a dog, but it'd be nice to have an amenity out here for the folks who live out on Harbor Bay instead of having to go over the bridge everywhere. But the more I looked at that site and the more I listened to um, public comments, I'm not sure that that new site there at Lidecker is a good site. I did all of my homework. I read all of the letters that people sent in. And I just don't think putting that dog park by the basketball courts is a good place. Um, and my question is too, is it going to stop people from having their dogs run at the park? I don't know. I would like to see a, a place on the east end somewhere. There's just not a lot of land. There's not a lot of choices to go to. I know there'll be a fabulous one down at Estuary Park, but that's not for a couple of years. Um, and again, it'd be nice to have that amenity out here at Harbor Bay. We're losing our amenities as we go. 
Um, but I just don't know that I can support that dog park um, at Lightacre Park where it's placed. So those are my comments. But again, I wanna thank staff for all of their hard work for this. I know that they've worked really hard to look at these different sites. Um, and the Tilden Park, I just became available of that today. So perhaps that's something to look forward to in the future that might be more amenable to everyone, so. Would anyone like to make a motion to recommend or not recommend the Lidecker Dog Park? I have a quick question of Amy Woldridge, sure. if that's possible, just a procedural question. Making a motion for or against the Laidecker site doesn't preclude us from exploring the uh, Tilden Park in the future, does it? Not at all. Um, if you uh, say no to the Laidecker site or say no to the sites we have explored so far, that doesn't preclude any future sites. Um, it definitely doesn't include exclude the the Tilden site that that is essentially on its own track um, happening through public comment um, as part of the transportation project um, if that continues to remain as part of that project at some point I'll work with their staff to once it gets once they get past once they get more firm design around that whole project I'll bring it to you um, separately so I guess my question is if we would have some input on a Tilden Park location if it came before us. Correct. Okay. Uh, I'm going to make a motion that we not recommend the Laidecker Dog Park in its current iteration uh, be adopted by City Council. Grab a second. Usually as chair, I don't second. Can I second that emotion procedurally? Oh, I, I thought I I thought I seconded. We can't see you, so I didn't see your hand or anything. Oh, sorry. That's yeah, okay. I, my camera's off because of the poor reception. Sorry, but I. All right. So, vice chair, would you like to second that motion? That we do not send the Lidecker Dog Park location to City Council. You all froze it again, which is why. Okay, so you, you can I, just tell us verbally, um, Chair Vice Chair Robbins, if you. Yes, second I second. Motion. I second the motion. Thank okay, you. can we have a vote? Uh, yes, Chair. Sorry, uh, Commissioner Navarro. Yes, Commissioner Wen. Amy, I'm, I'm a little torn on this one, so which is why I did not second. Um, I'm not really sure procedurally. I, it sounds like I have it has a yes or no, right, for me. But if I'm not really confident in choosing yes or no, where do I go from here? You can abstain. Okay. So abstaining is something you can do if you, um, yeah, if you don't want to choose yes or no. Okay, I will abstain from the vote. Um, Vice Chair Robbins? No. Or I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yes to no dog park. Yes. Uh, okay, Chair Alexander. Yes to no dog park. Okay. If I could Did we get ask, Navarro there? 
Did we get her vote on that? Yes, she was first. Oh, all right. Um, if I could ask the commission, um, because I've put a lot of work into, which is fine, that's my job, into locations. I am fairly confident that if you, I'm fine with you not accepting this location. If you don't accept any of the locations we reviewed, I don't believe there are any other potential locations in East End Bay Farm um, that are city owned. So I, what I'm seeking is a further direction from the commission is do you, are you wanting me to put, are you directing me, do you want to direct me to put more time into seeking a dog park location or are you fine with waiting for the Tilden Park location and advocating for that? Um, because I don't feel like I have any other locations to bring back to you. Um, if that's the case, then I would in the next budget cycle, in mid-year budget, I would reallocate the 75,000 toward a different park project, but I would need to take that to council to do so. So I appreciate your vote on this specific location, but I'm also requesting a vote on that larger concept of an East End Bay Farm and it's dog parking if you want me to continue to pursue that. Amy, I, I have a question. Um, I know you reviewed earlier, I'm sorry, I should have asked to be called on, but I know you reviewed all the selections that we previously had, right? You gave out what it what it is, what are some issues, what are the challenges? Um, and I know you had specific criteria that you or you know that you and um, the other organization came up with, but is there a way to be less stringent in some of that and then reconsider if, if possible? Or I mean, if you're saying that basically that you pretty much might not have any options um, at this point in time and in the future, is that something that we can consider at all? Um, the only thing, so in addition to the ones I showed you tonight, there were dozens and dozens of other ones that we considered. Um, at one of the earlier commission meetings, I included a, a list that was over a page long of all of the sites that were considered. Um, and the only uh, criteria that we could potentially change is city ownership. There are some vacant lots. Um, I will say the ones I'm thinking of um, are still not ideal. They're pretty far away on, um, like there's one that's on, on, on Harbor Bay, but it's, it's, there's really very little parking. It's still pretty far from really much of anything in many res any residential, so people would have to drive there. Um, so things, there's just, you know, we, we want something that people can walk to because if people are going to get in their car and take their dog to the dog park, then they'll probably just drive to the larger Washington Park one, um, or just continue walking off to take them off leash to existing parks. Um, so the only thing I can think of is to change their criteria of ownership um, and look at potential locations um, and see if owners would be willing to lease us the space because we don't have the funds to buy land in Alameda, which is well over a million dollars an acre. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there was another one that was also like have close to restrooms. I mean, I think water would be important, but restrooms was another criteria if I wasn't, if I'm not mistaken. Restrooms was one of our criteria. That's one we could take out. Um, taking restrooms out um, 
I mean, it wasn't a strong criteria. I included Tawada Park, which does not have restrooms, um, but this 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 commission, so this commission can can further explore Tawada Park. Um, the only other park location that does not have a restroom that we looked at is uh, Bill Osborne Airfield, um, which is at the it's on uh, Doolittle at the base of um, we call it Mount Trashmore. Um, yeah. That also has very small parking. And if you don't go, if you can't fit in the parking lot, then there's really nowhere. There's it's all there's no parking on that street, so there's nowhere for you to park. So um, I think that would be challenging. Um, there also not only would there not be a restroom, but there would be no drinking fountain, water fountain for people or dogs, which is usually pretty important, quite important at a dog park, um, because we don't have potable water there. We only have irrigation water, and you can't mix the two. So could we make a proposal to further look at the Tilden Way project when it becomes available as a possible dog park site? Yes. Would that be helpful to staff if we did that? Yes, it'd be helpful for me to get direction that if you want to, if you want me to not, if, if you are comfortable with the knowledge that we have done our due diligence and we have explored every possible potential location in East End Bay Farm um, and ultimately determined none of them are viable as a dog park, but you want to um, further explore the Tilden Way, um, I am more than happy to get involved in that project with staff and then bring it to you as it's developing. And potentially if it helps that project to get moved forward with the dog park, then potentially put the $75,000 toward that. Okay. Commissioner Navarro. Okay. Knowing that my motion passed in terms of the Lidecker site, I'm gonna make an additional motion that we direct city staff in the Rec and Park Department to explore the Tilden Park site for a potential dog We have a second for that. I'll second that. Okay, can we have a vote, please? Uh, Commissioner Navarro. Yes. Commissioner Wynn. Yes. Vice Chair Robin. Yes. Chair Alexander. Yes. Motion passes. Again, thank you to staff, Director Woolridge, for all of your hard work on um, this issue. It's not easy sometimes to say no to things in the city, but sometimes we just have to find a better alternative. All right, on to item 6C. We need to nominate a chair and a vice chair. It has certainly been my pleasure to be chair of the Recreation Commission, something I wasn't planning on doing. But I was very happy to take on that role. It's been a delight to work with Director Woolridge and her staff um, and meet with her regularly. But I think it's time for maybe a new voice on the commission. Um, I'm more than happy to um, become vice chair to help the new chair on if somebody's willing to take on that position. So out there, anybody interested in that job? I have a question. What's the general policy? Do we normally just move up chair to vice chair or do we nominate? 
so it, there's no policy yeah. around it. Um, it's it's really it's a fresh vote each time. The vice chair is not required to move up to chair. Um, it's not. It, it sometimes happens. It doesn't always happen. It doesn't need to happen. And just so everybody knows, um, in my life right now, current position uh, as a teacher and owner of a company, I do not have the time to devote um, to doing as excellent a job as Chair Alexander has done uh, in her tenure. So um, anyone else who's interested, please put your name forward and I would support uh, anybody who is interested. Well, thank you for that comment. Uh, I, just, I will self-nominate myself for chair if no one has any objections. Um, I have no objections. I can second that. And as I said, I'd be happy to be vice chair. Can I nominate myself to do that to help you if you'd like? So should we uh, approve the nomination of Commissioner Navarro as chair? First, did we get a, oh, we did get a second, sorry. So we had a first and a second motion on for, for Commissioner Navarro as chair, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, any discussion and then I'll take a roll call vote. I'm delighted that we'll, that she will step up and do that. I think it's important for us to have another voice. So we can vote. Uh, sure, Commissioner Navarro. Sorry, we didn't actually hear you. Can for the record? I'm sorry. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Wynn. Yes. Vice Chair Robbins. Yes. And Chair Alexander. Yes. So now we need to have a vice chair. So I nominate Adrian. <laughs> I second that nomination. Well, I don't want to take the job away from Vice Chair Robbins, but I know he's busy. <laughs> you, but you also already said that you would want to. I, I, would, I would take that on if need be. So I just wanted to put that out there. So. Yeah, with your self-nomination, yes, I second that. Uh, okay, thank you. Okay, we can vote on that. Uh, Commissioner, well, Chair Navarro. Yes. Commissioner Wynn. Yes. Vice Chair Robbins. Yes. Chair, uh, Commissioner Alexander. Yes. All right, thank you. I'm looking forward to uh, Commissioner Navarro and working with her and the rest of you as we continue. Uh, Commissioner Navarro, would you like to do the items for the next agenda? Uh, yes, let's see. Sorry, my dog's barking in the background. Uh, moving on, we are at item number, I don't seven. think I updated. Seven, next agenda items. Seven, items for the next agenda. Does anyone have anything they'd like on the next agenda for our uh, October meeting? Uh, Commissioner Robbins. Um, just a continued update on the tennis court lighting. Uh, you guys are already doing an excellent job. I would just like to keep uh, getting an update on that. Thank you. I'll be sure to include that in my director's report. 
Um, and I think if, if possible, could we um, have an update on um, the swimming pool update? I, think, I don't know if our meeting happens after city council or you wait another month to give us that update. Yeah, it takes me a month to get anything on city council. So oh, okay. um, this won't be on city council until their second meeting in October, which will be after our next meeting. Um, it's just how our process works. because We have a very long sunshine ordinance. Um, but I can certainly bring it to you in November. Okay, thanks. Um, I also have a couple required items for the next agenda. One is our 2023 annual user fee schedule and review. We do review of that every October. Um, another is our um, Rochelle Wheeler from our transportation department wants to bring to you the um, near final um, uh, active transportation plan for your review and comment. Um, so that will be coming to you. Um, she's going to all the various boards and commissions before bringing it to, to city council. Um, and then um, I also would like to bring to you, um, there, there's interest in um, the old Navy campgrounds at Ensenal next to Ensenal boat launch. Um, so I'm interested in bringing concepts to you of what that could look like um, and how we could do requests for proposals for someone to, to build and operate those campgrounds. That doesn't have to happen in October, but um, but it can. Were there any other requests for the next agenda? Uh, I have one item that maybe could just be addressed in your director's report, which is an update on the exploration of the feasibility of the BMX park out at the point, if it's had any movement for next we'll time. Will do. Yep. I will have that by then. Any other? items for the next agenda. Uh, I guess seeing none, is there a motion to adjourn? I'll make a motion to adjourn. Vice Chair Alexander, is there a second? I second. Right, Commissioner Nguyen, second. A vote, please. Yes, uh, Commissioner Alexander. Yes. Commissioner Nguyen, uh, Vice, sorry, that was, I have to get used to this. Let me start over. Commissioner Wynn. Yes. Uh, Commissioner Robbins. Yes. Vice Chair Alexander. Yes. And Chair Navarro. Yes. Awesome. Thank you all. Have a wonderful Bye. night. Thank you. Bye-bye.